So God is good, amen? All the time. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Is that true? Man, it's true. We just got to believe it, amen, and see it. Thank you, Lord. So we're in a subject about faith, the subject of faith. And uh, it is a, uh, a basic principle. Everybody say basic. Basic means it's like first, the first, the foundation, the beginning. It's what we build our, our salvation on. It's what we build our belief system on is to understand what faith is. And so we've broken it down. We've talked a little bit about faith, defined it. But we found out that we need to know a couple of things about faith in order to understand it and recognize whether we're in faith or not. Is that true? It'd be pretty hard to recognize whether you're believing God for something truly if you didn't know what faith was. Is that, is that true? I mean, we've got to define it. And we found this, that faith is a persuasion. It's defined as a persuasion. It's even stronger. It's defined as a firm persuasion. And then faith is defined as a conviction that you have based on what you have heard. A conviction based on what you have heard. And we saw in Scripture where Paul and several of the writers used faith and belief back and forth interchangeably, meaning that faith is simply what you believe. To define faith, faith is simply what you believe. What you believe. Everybody say that, what I believe. That's faith. Amen? That's faith. It's important that we recognize that what we're believing at any given time, in any given situation, is faith. We're either based it on the word of God or we've based it on our situations and our circumstances and our senses. True? So we've got to recognize that our senses are not always going to line up with what we should be believing. Has anybody figured that out? It doesn't look like the walls are going to come down to Jericho while they're walking around them. I mean, how is that ever going to work? Right? Not in the history of all mankind has that worked before or since. God set that up. So by faith, they had to honor the Lord. Amen? And you're going to face something in your life where you're looking on the outside going, how is the word going to work here? But by faith, I believe what God said is going to happen. It's true. It's right. Watch God work. Amen? And it's important we get to that place. We're coming to a day and an age where we're going to have to rise up, right? Even more so than we ever have, where we are attacked on every side for what we believe. Have you noticed? Come on now. I saw a meme. It was, it was um, just very matter of fact, but it was a, a meme of two different families. One was uh, a Muslim family on the top, and they were uh, smiling and holding each other, taking a family picture, and the top says, this is what a Muslim family enjoys in America. And then on the bottom, there were... Uh, uh, men and women in like some sort of a jumpsuit with their necks chained on their knees. This is how Christians are, you know, are serve in, in countries where they're not welcome. And it's like, we're in a day and an age where Christianity is really being pushed as an antagonistic, un- intolerant, um, bigoted, racial religion. Have you noticed? I mean, look how they're, look how it's being pitted <laughs> against everybody else. But we, we know that it's different. That's not true. And we've got to be ready, willing, and able to know what we believe and articulate it clearly so people understand, man, we're, all, we're children of the living God. He created us all in his image. Like skin color, height, you know, skinny, fat, short, tall, whatever. Come on now. We're all created in his image, all of us. And we're going to have to stand up for what's right. We're going to have to stand up for what's right. And that means we're going to have to know something and believe something. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to keep trying to get this thing open. <laughs> God is good. So we found this out. 
that we need to understand a few things about faith. One is we need to know what faith is, defined, right? It's simply what we believe. Won't have time to go back through that, but it's what we believe. The second thing we need to know is we've got to understand how faith comes, how faith comes. We can understand what it is, but we need to know how it comes. And we know from Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. It's important that we hear the word of God. That's how faith comes. And you can always find out whether you're in faith about a subject or not if you know what faith is and you know how faith comes. If you know that what I'm believing about this situation in my heart of hearts, what's gonna happen, what God wants to do in me and through me in this situation, if you're believing that, and then you know how faith comes, that it comes from the word to your heart, you can check yourself up and go, I'm in faith about this. I'm in faith about this. I have scripture, I have the word of God, and I know what I believe. Come on now. I'm in faith about this. It's important that we check up on ourselves. Am I really in faith about this? Am I believing God about this? That's how we find out, amen? So we found both of those subjects. We defined it. We found out how faith comes. And not just this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But also, also, we have to accept it as truth when we hear it. There's a lot of things you hear that faith did not come into your heart because you didn't believe it for you. Come on now, that works in the world and it works in the word. We hear the word, mm, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if that applies to me. Come on now. That's dangerous. We gotta see ourselves in the word of God and say, that's for me. That's for me, amen? It's for me. So we've gotta know how faith comes. But we also need to know how faith is released, that faith must be released. Faith must be released. It's great to understand what faith is. It's great to know how faith comes. Get it all built up on the inside. Yes, I believe this, but now something else has to happen. Faith has to be released. Amen? That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how faith has to be released. The cure, we said this last week, the cure for unbelief and ignorance is teaching. Jesus went into his hometown and they they were offended at him, right? And he could there do no mighty work. But right at the end of that, he said, he went around the villages teaching in the synagogues. The cure for unbelief and for ignorance is to be taught the word of God. It's teaching. It's teaching. So if you're not quite there yet, if you're wanting to believe God for something big, but you're not quite there yet, you need more teaching. You need more word. You need that established in your heart. I'm telling you, the word will build something in you that you'd had no idea could get in there. It's like, wow, this is what God said. When you believe it and accept it as truth, it starts building something solid on the inside that you can base your faith on. And God, it's got to be there, but you've got to have more teaching, amen? It's true. One Sunday a month is not enough. One Sunday a week is not enough. You want to have faith? You want to have growing exponential faith where you're believing God for big things? You've got to put it into you daily. Everybody say daily. Come on now, daily. It's got to get in there. It's true. It's got to get in there. Amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we said that faith is built on two supports. One is in the promise of God that we see in the word. Amen. We're, we are called to believe for and obtain the promises of God in the word. And the second thing is that we have to have faith in the promisor. He who promised is faithful. Amen. It was accounted to Abraham for righteousness sake. It was accounted to Sarah uh, that she judged God faithful. Come on now. We've got to judge God faithful because he is every time. He has never let you down ever, ever, ever. True. Come on now. He's faithful. So we can believe the promise, but we have to have just as much faith and more so in the character of God that he will do what he said he would do. That's why it's so damaging and dangerous in the Christian circles 
to pray prayers where we don't know the will of God. Well, we just say, Lord, whatever, whatever be your will, just do it. That's just a cop-out. Let me be straight with you. It's a cop-out prayer. God told us to come to him understanding what the will of the Lord was. Abide in my word. John, come on now, abide in my word. John chapter 15, and let my words abide in you. And when you come to the Lord and you ask what you desire, you know that he hears you because you have asked according to his will. So if we're praying prayers where we don't know the will of God, they are not making it up there. They're stopping short. Come on now. This is what the Bible said. We've got to pray the will of God. We've got to know what the will of God is and pray that prayer. And then when we do that, we know he hears us. It's a dangerous theology to just, Lord, whatever you want to do, just do it. Come on now. His will, his plan, his purpose is in the word. It is clear. It's clear. He, he has told us so clearly what has happened when Jesus was going to come to the earth that we were going to live in a church age. He's told us so clearly what it's going to look like when Jesus comes back. He wants us to know things. He wants us to know his will. Amen? Man, we've got to know his will. We, we cannot afford to pray wishy-washy prayers. Cannot. The problem with praying a prayer of, Lord, if, any, if it, anything happens at your will and whatever your will is, just let it happen, then anything that happens to you, you have to side with that must have been God's will, good or bad. Come on now. That's really what we're setting ourselves up for. And then when something awful happens to somebody, and you, we're just like, well, God's doing something in you. He's, I mean, he's got a reason for There's a reason for everything. This is dangerous, dangerous believing because it's pitting you against your trust in the promisor. Do you see that? I mean, come on now. If somebody burns you once, shame on me, right? They burned you twice, come on now. You, you start putting up walls and people are burning you and they're taking advantage of you and they're not doing you right. You, is that true? There's some guards going up. We do it with the Lord too because we don't, believe correctly we're praying these prayers and we're just leaving it all up to god and then whatever happens well that must have been god's will and i don't understand it and i don't see that in the bible but man come on now do you see how that's pitting us against our promise or it's a it's a two-legged foundation where we got to believe in the promise and he who promised it See, we can see the promises in the word. We can read them, that he wants us blessed and fulfilled and healed and prosperous. Come on now. We can just quote scriptures on those all day long, full of the spirit, full of power. But then the enemy doesn't attack us on those because those are in black and white. We can see that easy. He attacks us on our trust in God. That's where he's going after us. Mm, That must've been God. He's doing something. God will work something out in the mess that you found yourself in. He will help you. Because he loves us, his kids, he loves us. That does not mean he caused it. See, do you see the danger in that? Man, we've got to understand this faith. We've got to understand this. Who's promising us? He is faithful. He is trustworthy. He loves me. Come on now. He's a good daddy, a good father. Yeah, good father. Come on now. So Hebrews, Hebrews 10, we're gonna hit this at the end. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. King James says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Hope works too. It's a confident, we saw this in Hebrews 11, it's a confident expectation. Hope is a confident expectation. Not a wish, it's a confident expectation. Come on now, that's different than a wish. 
Hold fast to that which you are confidently expecting. When we pray the will of God and God hears us, we know that we have the things that we've asked because we're in accordance with his will. Now, the Bible says, hold fast the confession of what you are hoping for, that which you are confidently expecting to come to pass. If, if, he, if, there, wasn't, if there wasn't a reason to hold fast, to hold on tight, right, he wouldn't have said it. Somebody's trying to get that away from you. Because the enemy knows when you pray that prayer and you stay in faith with your mouth, you will get it. He's seen it time and time and time again. But if he can get you off, if he's getting doubt, doubting the creator, getting you to not hold fast to what you said, come on now. When Cody and I prayed together and believed God for a place of our own, right, to get us out of mom's house. Thank you, Jesus. When we prayed that prayer, we believed God he would do something. And we confessed it. When we thought of it, thank you, Lord, for our place. Thank you, Lord, for a place. It's a good place, a place to raise our kids. Amen? And we, and, we, and we held fast to that confession. There wasn't a, oh, I wonder if it'll never happen. Maybe we'll have to settle. We, we didn't talk like that. We said, thank you, Lord, for our place. We believe it's your will. We've seen it in the word. He's given us a place of our habitation. Come on now. That means you can move out of your mom's house. It's okay. He's given us a place. Amen? Get an amen from some people today, right? And so we believe God, and God came through. Hold fast the confession of what you're believing for, what you're confidently expecting. It will change your circumstances. And God blew our doors off. I mean, he gave us good, good place to live. Thank you, Lord. Come on now. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. Faith is absolutely measured by how well we know the character of God. Faith is measured by how well we know the character of God. So we've got we to spend some time in the Word to find out what the character of God is, right? And that's in Old and New Testament. And we have to understand when we look at the Old Testament that, that he is dealing with people that are out in the Old Covenant. He's dealing with human beings that are not redeemed by the blood of Jesus, right? And he has to deal with them in a different way. Is that true? He's got, he's got, he was the judge. He had to take care of some things, Yeah. But in the new covenant, right, he poured out his judgment and his wrath onto Jesus. Jesus bore it all. Come on now. There's a judgment coming when the Lord returns. God's not operating in judgment right now. He poured it out. There's mercy and grace. We're in the age of grace. The Bible clearly talks about the church age as the age of grace. And, and the saints looked forward to that day like, wow, how awesome will it be that somebody can just confess their sins to the Lord and he forgives them? No priest, no sacrifice, no roller rink, hula hoop, jumping through, none of that. Just, thank, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I confess it before you, and it's gone. Come on, that's, we live in a great age. So he's dealing with us differently now than he did in the Old Testament, but his character is the same. He is a righteous and holy God, and he expects us to live holy, right? Walk in the righteousness that was given to us. He expects that of us. Is that true? Come on now, I know this is a thinking, right? This is the thinking one where you're like, whoa, hey now. Just keep the wheels turning and stay with me. Take some notes, right? God wants to get something to us so that we understand his character is extremely, extremely valuable. His character is um, honorable. His character is trustworthy. We can absolutely go to the word, see his character and trust in him. Man, we can trust him.
When you get those two legs together where you trust him and you see the promise, nothing is impossible. Nothing. Those people you've been believing God for to be saved for a long time. Come on now, nothing's impossible. Nothing. Thank you, Lord. Hold fast to that confession. Amen. We've got to feed on the faithfulness of God. We feed on the faithfulness of God in the beginning and during and after any circumstance, any event, any anything going on in your life. Beginning, during, and after. We're holding fast to the faithfulness of God. God is faithful to you. He is faithful to me. Amen? And we hang on to it, and we hang on to it. Our mind will automatically calculate the, the biggest obstacle to overcome when we face something. Right? When we get a bad report or we're, fa- we're facing some situation or circumstance, our mind automatically does that. Like, okay, I see that. That's the promise. There's the end result. But there is a, an obstacle in front of me. Right? We do that automatically. Like, this is what is going to have to be overcome to get there. True? And that's okay. But where we have to recognize is that we serve the creator of galaxies. Right? of planets and stars. He's, he's the one we're serving. He's the Father God that's in us, his spirit living in us and through us. So where we get in trouble is when we put the circumstance, we do that calculation of that's the biggest obstacle, and we put that higher than what our God can do. Dangerous. Not a bad thing to recognize the obstacle, right? That's just something that can be overcome, amen? But that's how our thinking has to go. Mm, that's easy. That's easy, amen? Whatever you're facing, it looks hard. You need to start talking to yourself, that's easy, That's easy for God. Come on now. Cancer, that's easy. Come on, back pain, that's easy for God. Right? Light bill, that's easy. Come on now. We serve the maker. We got to start thinking that way. We have to. True? Thank you, Lord. We saw the 12 spies run into that, right? God said, go into that land and take it. The 12 spies went out. They sought it out. They're gone for like 30 days. Longer than that, they came back. They're like, it is nice in there. I'm telling you. Indoor swimming pools. Come on now. Ice skating rinks. It's beautiful. Beautiful. But we can't do it. Why? Why can't we do it? Because there's giants there in the land. They look at us and they think that we're grasshoppers. They looked at the obstacle that was in front of them and they put it higher than what God said they could do dangerous. It cost them 40 years. Those spies died right then. Not Joshua and Caleb. They came back and said, yeah, there's giants, but we can take them. Come on, let's take them right now. Let's go, right? That's what, the, that's what faith looks like. When God said something to you and you're like, we're doing it. He's the God of the impossible. He makes those things that be not as though they were, and he speaks it out and they happen. What has he called us to do? Are we created in his image and likeness? Are we supposed to call some things that don't look like they are, but call them as if they already are done? It's us. Come on now, it's us. It's us. Thank you, Lord. All right, turn with me to James chapter five. You guys doing okay? Thank you, Lord. James chapter five. That was my review. (laughs) It's going to be a long one. No, hang in there with me. Hang in there with me. (laughs) James chapter 5, verse 16. 
Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Avails much. Come on now. Effective. Effective means valid and well-grounded on evidence. That's what effective means. The effective, fervent prayer. The effective, well-grounded, well-grounded on evidence prayer avails much. The Amplified says brings much power available. Avails much power. It brings much power available. This is the kind of Christians we're called to be. Believers that understand that there is a valid and well-grounded evidence in the word of God that we can trust his character and trust what the word says and pray an effective prayer and see results. Brings much power available. So prayer is one of those um, subjects that fit right into faith must be released, right? Prayer is done with our words, right? Prayer is done with our mouths. We're supposed to pray out loud, speak things into existence. That's what, that's what we are called to do as prayers, true? And so faith must be released. We're gonna see this in the scripture in James chapter two. You can turn there. James chapter two, we're gonna see this in the scripture where faith must be released. And the primary way you release your faith is through your words, through your words. You've gotta speak what you believe. Gotta speak it, right? You can know what faith is, you can know how faith comes, but until you're releasing faith, it is ineffective. Your faith is ineffective until you release it. Come on now. You can believe all day long. All day long. If you're not releasing your faith, it's ineffective. Let's see where it says it in the word. James chapter two. James chapter two, verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Come on now. Can faith alone save him if he says he has faith but he does not have works? The only way you can get born again into the family of God is if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. For with the heart, right, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, right? You, you have to have both. That's why the Bible says confess it, say it to somebody. Let your brothers and sisters know, hey, I, I'm saved. I'm born again. I gave Jesus my life. That's a confession. Jesus said, if you, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. Why? Because confession is part of salvation. You gotta fess up. You're guilty of being saved, right? I did it. I'm in. You gotta, you gotta say something. It's important. Keep reading. He says this, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, everybody say by itself, if it does not have works is dead, D-E-A-D, dead. Think about that. You can have faith in the creator, in the promises, and in the word, and it can be totally dead. Dead, doing you nothing. Dead doesn't mean it ceases to exist. A dead body still exists. There's just, it's inactive. It's lifeless. It's not doing anything. Matter of fact, you leave it long enough, it starts to smell bad, right? Your faith will smell bad if you let it sit long enough because it's not producing anything. Faith without works is dead. Come on now. 
So we've got to say something when we believe it. We've got to say something when we believe it. If you saw the promise of God and you trust in the promiser and it's in there and you believe God and you prayed, now you can start talking like, acting like it's true. Thank you, Lord. It's what faith does. Abraham believed he was going to have a son 25 years before he had it. And God changed his name and he told everybody, my name's Abraham, father of many nations. Father of many nations. I mean, think about just how much opposition he got to that name change when they know he's barren, him and his wife, right? You can thank the Lord for stuff you're believing him for before you ever see it. It's what faith does. It sees it done. Hold fast to that confession that you are confidently expecting. Yes, thank you, Lord. That's what we did to receive a house. Thank you, Lord, for our place with acreage. We had stuff written down, acreage. And I even had an airstrip on there, which was like wish dream at the bottom if, it could, if you could possibly squeeze it in. And he, he got it in there. It's fun to live by faith, to see it work. God's word works. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Think about that. But someone will say, this is verse 18, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and they tremble. Is it doing them any good? Demons believe in God, doing them any good? Nope. They believe in God and they tremble. But you, but do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Come on now. He says this three times. Faith without works is dead. There's got to be an action to what we believe. You're believing for a better job? Speak that you're believing for a better job and then look for a better job. Come on now, believing for a better car? What do you want? Be specific. Look. Come on now. Health and healing in your body, man, believing and receiving it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Healthy and whole in Jesus' name. Me, my kids, my whole house, thank you, Lord. Speak it. Believe it. Amen? I'm telling you, it works. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) It works. Romans 10.10. That was that scripture I quoted you before. It says, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, that word salvation is a root word from the word save, and it's sozo is the word sozo. And it means soundness, preservation, healing, deliverance, safety, rescue. Soundness, preservation, healing, deliverance, safety, rescue. It's the word we get for salvation. God redeemed us, saved us pulled us out of the pit, right? Translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's like the best thing we've ever experienced. No longer going to hell. Thank you, Lord. Salvation, salvation. But you don't get there without some confession. Gotta believe, gotta speak. True, it works with healing. It works with finances, right? It works with deliverance from any kind of addiction. It works, it works, it works. The word works over and over and over and over and over. It works the same way. It doesn't change because we're on a different subject. Faith works the same. It works the same. And if we don't believe something yet, we need to be taught more. We need more, we need more wisdom. 
We need more word, right? We need more insight. We need, we need to gather more information so that faith can be established in our heart. Faith can come in one, in one moment. It does not take years and years and years to build faith. You can hear the gospel the very first time and make Jesus the Lord of your life. There are many others that need more evidence, right? They, just, they've got some baggage from the past that says daddies aren't good, that fathers aren't good, right? And they've got to get, they've got to get over some hurdles to understand that we serve a good father. Amen? And they, that means they need to hear it more than once. That's why you need to share the gospel more than once. Come on now. <clears throat> Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Verse 20, it says, But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And then skip down to verse 26. It says it again. It says it again. For as the body without the spirit is dead, we know that to be true, so faith without works is dead also. It's dead. We've got to be willing and able to speak. Amen? Man, we've got to, we've got to speak what we believe. <clears throat> This subject is, is much maligned in the Christian circles because, uh, and, we, and we talk about, we've talked about this before, but, you know, people believe, well, you can just say stuff and it'll happen. Yeah. That's what we believe. We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth. It happens. God believed in his heart, confessed with his mouth, and said, let there be light. Guess what happened? There was light. I mean, He's, he's asking us to walk in his footsteps, to do like he does, to honor the Lord, right? To imitate Christ. Jesus said, imitate me as I imitate the Father. Jesus spoke and things happened. He spoke to the fig tree and things happened, right? He told Peter to come out of the boat and Peter came out of the boat and walked on water. Jesus operated this way all the time. Receive your healing, receive your sight. Go your way, your faith has made you whole. Come on now, these are words that are speaking life into the situation, speaking life into existence. And, and, and Christian circles get discredited for this with like, you know, you've heard that name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, confess it and possess it, right? All these little phrases where they, it's a mockery. Honestly, it's a mockery of, of their own Christianity because you can't get saved without naming it and claiming it. It's mine, right? Confess it and then possess it. You can't even get saved without saying these things. Can't even get in the kingdom. But faith works the same way for salvation as it works for healing and for getting your bills paid. Come on now. Believe in God to see your relatives turn to the Lord. Something's got to change in us where we start speaking what God said. We align our words. That's the primary way that we will release our faith into the earth. Now, there are other ways that we release faith, and it's being obedient to the plan of God. He's going to tell us things to do things. And if we're gonna see what we're believing him for, we're gonna have to be obedient and step out in faith, right? You're gonna have to talk to somebody in the grocery store, right? You're gonna have to talk to somebody at work. You're gonna have to share your faith. You're gonna have to be willing to pray for someone. You wanna see these things, these signs, these wonders that God wants to do in the last days. We're gonna have to be willing to step out. Yeah? I mean, it's, it's, it's gonna require it. But the primary way we release our faith is we hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, without wavering. Come on now, amen? Faith, equals, faith with no works equals no change. Let me show you this in the scripture real quick and we'll wrap it up. You guys doing okay? John chapter 12. John chapter 12. When I was 
when I was skydiving as a young man, which I can honestly say was almost 20 years ago, weird, but um, skydiving, and <clears throat> you get in the airplane, you're going to go out with your instructor because they're going to instruct you on the way down. You have to give a verbal acknowledgement that you're ready to go. The head nod and the quivering, that none of that counts. Like, you have to say, I'm ready, right? They want to hear it because when they go out, they want you to go with them, right? And you got to crawl out to the wing and hang on, and it's one of the spookiest things you've ever done, just hanging onto a wing, just waiting to let go. But you're trusting your equipment and your training and your instructors, but you have to give that verbal, let's go, I'm ready. You have to. And God's like, Packed us so full of the word, right? We've been around, we've been hearing the word, we've been hearing teaching, we're full, we're ready, we're, we're equipped. And he's just waiting for us to say, now say it, go, do it, right? Because you have not skydived unless you have let go. Otherwise, you're just a passenger on the edge of the wing, right? You're still attached to the plane. And it's just important we recognize, man, come on, he's waiting for us to get our mouths in gear and agree with what he said, and it'll affect change. It'll affect change. Amen? Love hearing babies in this church. It's awesome. We're done. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. John, where are we? John chapter 12? John chapter 12. 42. Look at this. Look at this. Come on now. John chapter 12, verse 42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, these are the Pharisees, even among the rulers, many believed in him, who is Jesus, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Question, did they get saved? They couldn't have, because they didn't confess him. They didn't acknowledge that they believed in him. You can have all the belief in the world, but if your confession doesn't line up with what you believe, no results. Dead faith. That's, that's what the Bible says. So we have to be speaking believers. We've got to see it in the word and say, I believe this. I believe my relatives, the rascals, the not-headed ones will be born again in Jesus' name. They will hear the gospel and receive him before it's too late, right? I believe that God wants my bills paid. I believe he wants a good place for me to live, amen? I believe that he wants a car that doesn't break down every time I get into it, right? God is a good God. He's a good God. Confess these things. What's your list? What do you believe in God for? Go after it every single day. I'm telling you, something on the inside rises up when you start believing that way. Something on the inside, you're like, this is working. I can sense that it's working. Why? Because you're in agreement with God and he will, he will acknowledge that in you, in your spirit, this is working. Guess who else knows it's working? The enemy. Guess what he's gonna try to do? Trying to get you to shut your mouth. Get you to say the opposite. Get you to talk about the circumstances. What's going on around you. Not what you believe, what's happening. Right? Because he knows. He knows if he can get your words. Paul said, hold fast. Come on, everybody say, hold fast. That confession, you gotta hang on to that. What do you believe in God for? This is mine. Nothing changes me from this. If it's contrary, if the thought is contrary to what I believe, I cast it down. Come on now, take an authority over it, cast it down. I'm not saying that, I'm not believing that. That's not from me, this is what God said. You make the enemy start licking his wounds, man. When you start whipping out the word and you're just dicing and cut, he'll just, whoa, whoa, hey, oh, they're, they're on today. They took their vitamins. Let's just come back another time, right? Because he, he's, he's not up for a fight. He does not want to fight you. He will lose when you stay in faith. 
speak what you believe. We're saying a lot of stuff, aren't we? We're saying a lot of stuff. And if somebody was standing right next to us, right, like Jesus himself right on his shoulder, physically, where we could hear him and see him, and he, every time we, something came out of our mouth, and he said, do you really want that? Is that really what you're believing for? It would make you check up everything you're saying. Like, well, wait, hey, no. No, I, I don't want that to come to pass. Then why'd you say it? Why are you saying that? Don't say that. It's important we watch our words. We're gonna find out more about this next week, but our words, man, are containers. They're containers for power, not because of what we did, but because of how God established it and he made us speaking spirits. We're the only creatures on the planet that are speaking spirits. Come on now, there's power in what we say. And our faith, our primary way our faith is released is through what we say. Man, we gotta watch what we say. Is that true? Thank you, Lord. Hold fast the confession of our faith. Hold fast. Thank you, Lord. There is great power. Now, in James chapter two, we'll hit this next week, so everybody relax, I'm not starting another subject. But in James chapter two, he talks about that faith without works is dead, right? He said it three times, he was emphatic, and he hit it right on the nose. It stinks, it's rotten, it's not working. If you have faith, you believe something, but it's not affecting what you do. It's not affecting what you say, right? Faith without work is dead. The next chapter, guess what James talks about? The power of the tongue. The tongue is like a, like a rudder on a mighty ship, huh? It's like a spark that can kindle a huge forest fire. It's, it's gotta be watched. It's gotta be bridled. You gotta pay attention to what's coming out of your mouth. It's important. They're together. They're together, amen? So we gotta, we gotta help each other. We gotta check each other up. Like, hey, you really want that to happen? Are you really believing for that to happen? Is that really what you want? No. No, 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 I take it back, right? Say, say what you believe, say what you want, amen? Believe God that he will work in your words, in your belief system to affect change in your life. It works, and it works every single time, amen? Thank you, Lord. Can I pray for you?